Hello, and welcome to Check It Out with EVPL. I'm your host, Ellen, and today I'm joined by Stephanie. Hi, I'm Stephanie. Stephanie, you were last joined us for the pirate episode that we did a while ago, and you work with me every day at McCullough. It is amazing. She is wonderful. Ellen is nearly as cool as Stephanie. But you're back for another episode. I am. What are we talking about today? Very excited to be here and talking about fitness and our fitness goals. And Stephanie, what did you say your fitness goal is? Swole is the goal. Swole is the goal. I'm very excited to get swole. Me too. Can you imagine just walking into a library and there's just two beefcake librarians? (laughs) There's no business being this buff. Okay, so we have picked this topic today. I feel like it's a pretty good springtime topic. It's getting warmer out. A lot of people want to get out and start exercising, or maybe you made some New Year's fitness goals and have started to hit a slump. Either way, we are here to talk to you about our progress. Some stuff we've done, also a brief history about fitness, possibly. Yes. Uh, and some of our personal history of with fitness. And our current, not history, and the our history, present fitness. since the, uh, Present fitness. The history is being written now. Since Stephanie and I now work out together a couple times a week. So we're going to start with some things I looked up on physical education and kind of like school gym classes. Mm-hmm. And you told me that you saw a lot of different people being named as like the father of physical education. Yeah, but I did. I did when I was looking up, I saw like a whole bunch of different people being named as the father, but it was all around the same like 1820s type of timeline. So who knows who fathered them or it. (laughs) I actually am going to jump in a bit further back in time than that. Some people say that physical education was started in the year 386 BC. Oh, uh, just a bit further back, huh? Yeah, just a little bit (laughs) further back. Just a tiny bit before the 1800s. Um, Plato was a big proponent of physical education. Um, He was also a skilled wrestler himself, and he believed that education and physical activity combined would help one attain perfection. 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 Wow. And he taught a lot of people a lot of things, but he would teach fitness to students starting at the age of seven. He was very particular about it being a lifelong kind of journey. These classes were also really aimed at like sport and Mm -hmm. also things like war efforts. So this would train you up to be a good soldier. Ah, I see. Have you ever seen how they train, like, some of the countries train their gymnasts from a young age? Yeah, I mean, a lot of Olympic athletes start out as kids who just have some sort of natural talent, yeah. I do believe that for, like, young kids, so Layla used to be a part of, Layla's my daughter, if you didn't know that, Uh, she used to be a part of this little program in her preschool called Minds in Motion. So they Mm -hmm. had these cute little, like, they were the most adorable little, like, exercise bikes for toddlers. Aww. They were so cute. But they would, like, ride them as they're, like, learning their little letters or, like, the teacher's teaching, whatever, as they're, like, on these Mm -hmm. little bikes or, like, these little baby ellipticals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's becoming more and more common now, like giving children some sort of outlet to move and be able to still like focus on school, Mm -hmm. which also that's a big part of why we have recesses and whatnot, too. It gives kids that chance to like use up their energy, but also be able to focus in class. I think it's very important for brain health Mm -hmm. to stay physically active. I do think that some certain 
school systems do not have a long enough recess or lunch. That's a whole different issue, though. That is an entirely different issue. So after Plato and all of his stuff, we are actually going to jump back to around the time frame you were talking about in the 1800s. I did see some stuff about the 1820s, but what seemed more notable to me was that in 1855, the school system in Cincinnati, Ohio, became the first like city-wide educational system to implement an official physical education program. Oh, okay. Wow. And this was also the time that many states were kind of beginning to have similar requirements, but they would be more things along the lines of gymnastics or particular sport requirements or hygiene education. And that's also why you see sometimes um, gym coaches will still teach health class, which always seemed weird to me. But It did seem weird to me. Yeah. But apparently when these things were being built into school systems, it was kind of uh, viewed as the same thing. I mean, I guess it kind of, I mean, health and fitness, I guess. Yeah, that yeah, your, your physical, like, moving around education as well as your, like, health education. So, yeah. And then we have another big jump to the next thing that I'd like to talk about, which is the presidential fitness test. The what? Have you heard of this? No, I am very oh. excited about it, though. Oh, you definitely did this. I did this? You did this. I did this. Did the presidents do this? Um, So the presidential fitness test, I think some presidents did it as like a stunt. But no, it was implemented by the president for school-aged children. Oh. Uh, Lyndon B. Johnson was the one who established the thing that really made it like well known, which is the Physical Fitness Award Program. And basically, this was a setup designed to help improve the fitness of all American youths. And again, you see this as being more aimed at improving American soldiers' abilities. So the idea is that you start young, you get fit. You'll be a good soldier when you're an adult. soldiers young. Yes. Originally, there were six different parts and everyone would have to do this typically at least twice a year. You would have like a pre-test at the beginning of the year where you do all these things and see like if you can hit the basic minimums. And then you have another one at the end of the year to see how you've improved and you're graded on that. The original six steps were pull-ups, full pull-ups for boys and modified pull-ups for girls, sit-ups, the shuttle run, the stand. Standing broad jump, the 50-yard dash, and you also had to do a softball throw for distance. Oh. So did you do any of these things in your school? I do remember doing these things in school. It did change a bit. I think the shuttle run was always part of it and the pull-ups were always part of it. They did at some point change the sit-ups from being like straight locked legs to like knees bent, more like a crunch Mm -hmm. that you would see now because they found out that's better for you. I don't remember doing the 50-yard dash. I only ever remember doing like the mile run. I remember doing the mile run. I think everyone remembers doing the mile run. But yeah, over time, this was like the basic set and you know you had ratings for boys and girls of like how many pull-ups you could do in a set amount of time how many sit-ups you can do in a set amount of time uh how many circuits of the shuttle run can you make in two minutes or whatever it is i'm looking at some of this stuff well i did find this quote from wisconsin church the pastor of a Wisconsin church had recorded remarks in the news, said that this is not realistic training for war. Training were realistic. Our high school boys would be instructed in how to twist a bayonet in another boy's body. 
how to wear gas masks and throw grenades. Yeah, there was definitely some of that criticism. And there kind of always was throughout the length of this program. Because this program ran like straight up to like the 2010s, I think. Yeah, I think I saw like, wasn't it through? 2013. Yeah. And basically right up through all of that time, um, if you met or exceeded the 85th percentile on all parts of the test on any given year that you did it, you would win the Presidential Physical Fitness Award. Oh. So you would get, I believe, a certificate. But then if you filled out the paperwork and sent it to Washington, D.C., you would get like a medal or something, I think. I have never gotten one of those medals. Yeah, it it kind of fell out of fashion. And even though like you could still do it towards the end of the program, most places didn't because no one really wanted to be that involved with the paperwork. But yeah, like you said, the test was officially ended at some point under the Obama administration. I've seen a few different dates. I know you said Mm -hmm. 2013. It very well could have been that year. But they kind of switched from that to a more general program. And uh, nowadays, your standardized school physical education is going to be focused a lot more on individual improvements instead of national benchmarks. Mm-hmm. Which is better, better for the kids. Yeah, it's it's very much about like setting realistic goals, which is nice and a lot healthier. And what we are doing. Yes, what was your like personal history for physical education like? Did you have any like weird and or fun classes or stories? I always had very generic gym classes. So we would do, you know, like a week of basketball, a week of soccer, that kind of thing. I did a lot of sports when I was little, like community sports. So Mm -hmm. I did all of, you know, the t-ball and the peewee soccer and the junior cheerleading, like all of that kind of thing. I was very into that. But yeah, once I got into high school, it was a bit more chill right up until I took a specific aerobics class. Yes. And you said you took something similar to this, right? Where they would just like play some sort of old workout video and you would just do that for your gym class. Yes, that's what I mean. I never really was involved in sports as a kid. And then we just had the like the generic standard gym classes where you did like you said the week of t-ball or wiffle ball. Oh, I love wiffle ball. Yeah. Or what's that other thing with the little like, I don't know what you like hit it over a net. Oh, badminton. Yeah. Yeah. I always liked that one, too. But anyway, when I got to high school, yeah, we had to, like, sign up for, like, elective gym classes. So I did, like, an aerobics class because I thought we would be, like, walking outside and, like, Mm -hmm. going other places. But she literally would just turn on, like, put in DVDs. Jane Fonda's workout DVDs from the 80s. Richard Simmons, Jazzercise. Yeah, we did a lot of Pilates and we did a lot of Richard Simmons tapes in my class. And ours were all on tape. Like, we did not have DVDs. (laughs) We had like the VHS tapes. I mean, they very well could have been tapes or I don't know. Yeah, it's whatever the gym teacher had on hand. Basically, And she was just sitting. She would just sit there and we would just be like listening to Richard Simmons. Now I'm a full Richard Simmons workout fan. Thank you. Which they're they're still very fun workouts to do. I just want him to yell at me to move. (laughs) It's very motivating. He's always so excited. I think that's what it is. Yes. Like he's so happy that you're there working. Working out with like him. you want to do it because he's going to be so excited that you're doing it with him and he glistens. <laughs> did you have separate gym and health classes or did you have the weird combined kind? So I 
had like separate classes, especially like in high school. One semester you did the gym and then like PE and then the next semester you would do health or however they scheduled you. Yeah, we had something kind of like that where half the year you would do gym and half the year you would do health. But I just remember for some reason in our gym class, we never played tennis. But since our health teacher was the girls tennis coach, she always did a six week unit on tennis where instead of doing anything health related, we would go out and play tennis. Was she also like the PE teacher? She or... was not the PE so teacher. So she was just she... the health teacher. Yeah, just the health teacher, but she was the girl's tennis coach. And so it was just her way of trying to be like, look, tennis is fun. Was it fun? Uh, a lot of people think so. I'm very bad at tennis, so I did not enjoy my time on the tennis courts. I think we did. I mean, I remember doing tennis briefly in high school gym class, but we had a tennis court and not like a about a block away from where we lived that we would always go to and we absolutely were not playing by any rules we were just Mm -hmm. for fun after we got home from school and stuff yeah that i'm definitely more into but the coach well our health teacher since she was the coach she was very into it and very like this is how you do it make sure you follow the rules all the rules yeah i don't ever remember but then we didn't have any of our own like personal equipment it was all like hand-me-down school issued equipment Mm -hmm. so it wasn't in great quality and all of the balls were in like poor condition because they degrade over time well yeah and so that's just kind of like okay it was a very weird class i remember a lot of people talking about like the health class where they split up the boys and the girls but we never had that like we always had like the integrated health class of i don't know they never split us up for any of the those kind of talks I think in middle school, there were a couple days where it's like, okay, now we're going to do the girls talk and then the boys will go to gym for an extra session. And then the next day, the boys would come in and do their health talk and then we would go to the gym instead. But typically that was only like a day or two. And then once we got to high school, it was totally combined the whole time. Health is health. You should learn about all. So that was our experience of like school fitness. What about adult fitness when it's not scheduled into your day-to-day life? It is difficult. It is so difficult. It's the worst. It's really awful to try and get started into like a fitness regimen as an adult. And I have found like even people that are like, I don't know what I want to say, people that attend the gym often and like to talk about how much they attend the gym. Mm -hmm. We love them, but also it's not as easy as they like to scream at you about. There's there's a very like in-group kind of feeling where if you don't meet someone's expectations, you feel like you're discouraged from going. Yes. Yeah. Which there are a lot of places that are getting better about it. There's, you know, like Planet Fitness and Anytime Fitness and kind of those sorts of places that really encourage everyone to attend. Mm -hmm. I do remember the first time I tried, and I will say tried because I did not follow through with this at all, but I went to get a membership at Planet Fitness like five years ago, Mm -hmm. and... I remember asking a lady, I was like just so terrified because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to hurt myself. I just want just somebody to talk to, like just kind of tell me something simple. Like where, where Mm -hmm. do I start? Where do I do? What, where is, can you just show me around? And the lady was just like, yeah, we have somebody that can do that. And I was like, okay, cool. And I just stood there waiting for someone to show me. And I guess I should have just, I don't know. 
I didn't know what I was doing. So she just left you standing there? Yes. And That's was, weird. And then, and she, yeah, but then she was like handing me all her swag of like, here's a water bottle and like a bag. And I was like, I don't, I just want you to show me your facility. Like, mm-hmm. I've never been in here before or in a gym at all before. Please just show me what, what it's like. Where do I go? Yeah. When I was in college, I kind of tried to get into running a little bit. And I never did like college sports or anything. I would just go to the fitness center and run on a treadmill. And then I learned that when you're running, a good sign you're like at the right pace is that you should be able to hold a normal conversation when you run. And I didn't know that. I have never been able to both run and converse a day in my life. So I realized uh, maybe running is not for the asthmatic person. It definitely is not, no. But I do know, like, I have, like, whenever I do run or, like, I have run before, I don't know, there is the runner's high Mm -hmm. that is very, very, like, kind of hard to not want to keep wanting. Yeah, which there is definitely a point, like, you can run and, like, be in good shape and have asthma. It's just something you need to be very aware of, which I was not. And so I would like get to the end of a two mile run and just be like huffing and puffing on the ground. And it's like, oh, I cannot keep doing this. I definitely was never able to keep a conversation even. Yeah, no, not running. There's no way. Also, I'm just you're just more worried about other things happening. And I don't want someone to really talk to me while I'm running. Please stop. Yeah. (laughs) But that that also brings me to like another thing that I do want to talk about, which is also a thing I learned in college, is that you want to mix your cardio and your strength training, which we've talked a little about this. We have more than talked about it, Ellen. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we have gone to the gym and we have done both cardio and strength training. Do you have a preference for one or the other? I really like both of them and I really under like I feel like after we were doing them I understand why we need both of them. Yes. But the so, strength training after that first time mm-hmm. I just think that I was lucky I did not throw up. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about like what the difference between the two is. Okay. So, Stephanie, what is cardio? Cardio is isn't that where you're on the like a uh, I don't know the t- listen. <laughs> Where you're on the elliptical or the stairmaster or the treadmills, you're or getting stationary your, bikes. Yeah, yeah, anything. you're getting your heart rate up. Yes. So cardio is short for like cardiovascular exercise. So that is uh, getting your heart pumping yeah. higher than your normal resting rate, and this is kind of what's going to give you that endurance and stamina that you expect from working out. Some of the benefits include making your heart stronger, lowering your blood pressure, improving blood flow to your muscles so that Mm -hmm. when you do your strength training, it gets easier. It also helps to improve your lung function and reduces fatigue related to shortness of breath. So these things all kind of give you like a good base. And what I was always taught is that you want to establish good cardio when you're younger, when you already have like more Mm -hmm. energy and then kind of carry that on over to like adulthood and older age because it's easier to start that when you're younger. And then you want to uh, move into strength training and like building muscle more when you're an adult to like help keep your body working together. Right. Okay. Do you have a preference of cardio or strength training? Um, 
Probably I like cardio more because I like kind of the all over generalness of Mm -hmm. it. Whereas with strength training, like if you're focusing on one muscle group, it's like, oh, the next day I can't move my arms or it hurts to walk. And that is kind of upsetting to me. To me, I I mean, I do feel like whenever we do or I think I like the strength training more because the next day I can feel it like in my arms or in my legs. But to Mm -hmm. me, it's yes, it hurts. But I also am like, I don't know. Like, I'm very excited to do this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And keep uh, building muscle. It's just because swole is the goal. That's swole why. Swole is the goal. That so is strength why. training. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so apart from getting swole, strength training also helps increase bone density, which is especially important for women who are more prone to osteoporosis. So that, like, really helps keep your bones strong mm-hmm. as you age. Strength training is also really good for your metabolism, like being able to expend energy through all of your muscles groups helps you like improves your digestion and how you process the food you take in and also when you strengthen your muscles which i do want to emphasize evenly you don't want to like just do your arms or just do your core or something you want kind of an overall yeah yeah. all body strength as you strengthen your muscles you also can improve your balance Mm. i've always every time we go i always watch those people at the gym that are like lifting the like the bar weights yeah like the free weight yeah bells and everything those have always been really intimidating for me because i know i do not have the best form and i know if you don't have like the correct posture and form like you, you can, can like, really... really hurt yourself yeah doing that so i know i always feel weird when i watch them though because i want to do it but i don't know like i want to like see how to be but i feel like a creep at the gym so i try not to like look too much but i also i want to lift <laughs> So it sounds like our next adventure is going to be learning the free weights. Absolutely not. I'm not there yet. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of like just the basics of why exercising is good for you, Mm -hmm. even though it sucks. It does Um, suck. But, you know, it doesn't have to suck all the time. It can be good. Which is why I would like to get into a little bit of what helps us go to the gym. Definitely having a workout buddy is something a lot of people recommend um, because it keeps you accountable. And also it's just more fun. It is. And I also feel like for me, and let me just gush here a minute because I, like I said, I was like worried about going to the gym. I didn't know, like I would do other things outside of being at a gym, but I wasn't really familiar with gym environment. And it's just easier, especially when you're first starting out and you don't know anything, mm-hmm. is to go with somebody who maybe knows a little more than you and you get more comfortable. I also feel like I want to go every single day after I go with <laughs> Ellen. So it is amazing. Stephanie. So similar to having a workout buddy that you can go with, scheduling a time and sticking to it is Mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. So Stephanie, you and I go to the gym twice a week. Yes. At first we were going just once a week and Mm -hmm. we were calling them quarter hog (laughs) Thursdays. Yeah, because that's another thing we need to talk about too. You want to push yourself, but you don't want to push yourself like too hard. Yeah. And I definitely like it had been a while since I had been to the gym. So I'm like, we're not going whole hog. We are going quarter 
hog. We are going quarter hog. I was very much ready to go whole hog the first time. And let me just tell you that quarter hog is plenty. It is enough to start with. Yeah, it's definitely something if you're going to build like a sustainable Mm -hmm. routine. Yeah. You want to start where you are and don't push yourself too hard. That way you don't get discouraged. You want to start somewhere where you can build on to. You don't Mm want to just try to jump into, you know, doing all the things that the swole people do. Yeah, you don't want to immediately jump into free weights and hurt yourself. Right. But yeah, having that scheduled time and having a buddy, it's really encouraging for me because I love it when we like both go do like our separate little parts of Mm -hmm. the workout and then we come together and it's like, I don't know, can we do another? Can we do another 10 minutes? We can. We can. We always can is what we found out. And then I always love the ending where we stretch together. Yeah, stretching is also very important. Um, You want to make sure you take time to kind of like warm up your muscles before you start working out so you don't tear anything. Mm -hmm. And then taking time at the end to kind of stretch and like lower your heart rate and just kind of get back into like your normal vibe. I love it. Stephanie, what helps you work out? What helps me work out? Like what helps like keeps me motivated to keep me going? Yeah, what else what else can you do that you would recommend to people? For me also, and this is I think a big thing for a lot of parents is working out a schedule with someone else. And I know that that is very, very difficult to, you know, you've been at work all day. Yeah, you work all day and then then you have to make extra time to go to the gym all of a sudden. Which is hard because then you have, you know, Layla has, you know, certain things she does after schools on certain days or I have to be there to make sure she's getting, you know, fed and all that stuff. It's just very, but I also feel like there is time. Like people say there's no time, Mm -hmm. but there is time because how much time do you spend in the evening scrolling on TikTok or scrolling on Facebook? Like just add up all those minutes and just go. And for places like, if it's important enough to you, places like the Y, you, there are places that you can take your kids with you Mm -hmm. or there are family workout rooms there which is why i really like the why yeah so kind of like reframing your time into a way that just that works yeah it is very hard but it is also like really motivating to me because i want her to see that i'm doing it like i Mm -hmm. am i can find time for the things that are important and i want her to know that she can too even without kids it's hard because i just have the husband Mm -hmm. and he's he's great i love him he is a runner though so he'll be like oh let's go work out together and what he means is go for like a five mile run and i'm like absolutely not i'm gonna go find a different workout to do yeah so yeah it's it's difficult to kind of coordinate our routine so it's like okay when are you going to work when are you Mm -hmm. working out when am i working out when are we still going to see each other because we do like each other right so i can only imagine adding the complication of like a person who cannot fully tend to all of their needs right like take care of themselves they can't just leave her leave her there i mean i could but i wouldn't be able to for long yeah (laughs) Yeah, when you have someone who, like, can't drive. Yeah. Or turn on a stove or turn off a stove. Very important things, both of them. Very important things. But it is easier when you have, like, people working with you. That you're like, you know, hey, I will, you know, take your kid one day a week and then someone else, I'll, you know, I'll mm-hmm. pick her up from school this day. Yeah. As long as you, I just feel like as long as you're courteous about it and being like beforehand, this is how long I typically work out Mm -hmm. or this is what I'm looking for when you have a community of people. Also, I love kids. So So it's easy to exchange child care for child care. It is. 
Yeah. I mean, also, it's worth pointing out, like, you don't need to go to the gym for hours every day. Mm -hmm. Like, getting up and getting moving is the most important part. It's not about spending every free moment you have there. I feel like also, you know, I know that health professionals recommend you spend at least, you know, two to three days trying to go to the gym. But if you can only manage one, Mm -hmm. you know, one 30 minute once a week, like, that is okay, too. Yeah, it's better than nothing. Yeah, it is better than nothing. And then, you know, you can eventually build on that. Mm -hmm. I feel like we also should mention that uh, one of the things for me is also I've been meal prepping. And that I feel like is super helpful too. Yeah. Like with keeping me on track of doing, like not just going to the gym, but like keeping eating right. Yeah. Getting, no, uh, getting, you know, fiber, vitamins, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. protein. Like I just feel like it's easier to start. Like when, once I started going to the gym with you, I just felt like it was easier to start doing those other, mm-hmm. like making those other choices. Yeah. I, that were better for me. I will actually say like that's something that every time I stop working out and then start working out again that I'm like, oh, I want to cook food. Yeah. Like, I, I don't just want to go grab something quick and fast. It's like I will take the 20 minutes to roast some carrots in the oven and like mm-hmm. I will, you know, cook some fresh chicken breast and like marinate it with some lemon and like do the fancy stuff that I know is better for me. Yeah. And I think part of it is like even if you do feel tired from working out, you still have that like boost of energy because you are making yourself stronger. And so that helps you feel energized to do other things. I do. I think then. And then I also think like even in the food helps you after mm-hmm. you eat it. It makes you want to go go work out, do things. Yeah. And I will say like it's not even just cooking. Like when I am in a good routine, when I am working out regularly, I feel more motivated to do things like clean the house. Mm-hmm. Even like meeting up with friends is more exciting to me because I have more energy to, to spend do, yeah, with them. To do all those things. Yeah, so there's better better for your brain, better for your brain, better for your body, better for your emotions. It's like that bit from Legally Blonde. What's what from Legally Blonde? Which scene? Uh, Reese Witherspoon is like discussing how she knows that the fitness guru didn't kill her husband. Oh, my God. Yes, that's the most that's the most pivotal scene. Where she says working out gives you endorphins and endorphins make you happy and happy people just don't kill their husbands. I love that. Yeah. And so I I think about that all the time now. Like after I go to the gym, it's like happy people just don't kill their husbands. That's good news for yours. Yeah. But yeah, it it is like a real thing that when you work out, you get happier. And I feel like also whenever you're in at a space, especially where I started from and am starting from, you feel like you feel like you can't because it just seems like such an overwhelming task to over like to to take on. Which is why we and, make a point of doing quarter hog workouts. Quarter hog workouts, everyone. I feel like a lot of the stuff we're saying may sound like kind of generic, but also it's generic because it's true. Like we're not gym rats. We're not. But I just think I'm just saying like from just starting out, it's just easier even to just move more, just Mm. move more and you'll feel better. And you don't have to you don't have to have what is it called? Like a specific routine Every day, every time, like to me, it's okay if you can only go and do cardio this time and then next time go and work on your strength training and then. Yeah. 
And if you can't go to the gym, there's tons of stuff you can do for free in your house outside. There's walking and running, you know, jump rope, um, lots of body weight exercises like push-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellen, what if I don't have all of that equipment? If you don't have the equipment of a body, I have some concerns. Um, no, if well, you- like jump ropes. <laughs> you, I can't jump rope with my body. I, I mean, maybe with parts of it. <laughs> If you grow your hair out really long, you get your own jump rope. Yes. um, (laughs) If you do have trouble working out a routine on your own or if you maybe don't have the equipment, check out some library services. Yes. Not only do all of our locations have like a good DVD selection, some of them might be like older, but I don't know uh, off the top of my head if we have Jazzercise DVDs, but if we do, you I should look at I don't know them. if we have Jazzercise at McCullough, but I do know we have a lot of yoga and Tai Chi, and we also have some kickboxing stuff that's pretty cool. Ooh. So yeah, these are all free DVDs that you can get from the library and work out at home. And even if you don't have a DVD player, if you have a streaming service, either through your phone, your computer, a smart TV, we have a ton of stuff through Hoopla Digital, which I was surprised to find that out. Yeah, we do. She was just showing me those this morning. We're definitely going to try some of the Jane Fonda workouts because yeah. we have all of those through Hoopla. And it's really cool that you can just do that. Yeah, you can just get on there. And and if you do want physical equipment, there's the library of things. We have like a weight set, a, what is it called? A wobble board? Yeah, wobble board, balance board. Yeah. I like calling them wobble boards. Wobble boards. I know we have the hand grips that help you do push-ups. Yeah, and we have a weight set, I think, too. Yeah, and that information you can find at any location or through our website, and we can have it sent around the system. We do. We have a lot more health and fitness items than just those things. Mm -hmm. So on the topic of getting up and moving more, there is always here at the library, we have family dance parties if you have little ones, which is a great way to get some extra movement in. We also have some other fun stuff coming up in April. We have some fun Earth Day events. You can check out the Plant Detective Scavenger Hunt out at Red Bank on Monday the 17th. Red Bank also has building blocks, time for kiddos to build with Legos. Or you could try checking out the Adventurers Guild at North Park and learn how to play some Dungeons and Dragons. Didn't you guys do a Dungeons and Dragons episode? We did do a Dungeons and Dragons episode. I definitely recommend playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's very fun and it's usually weird. Which is good. If you have any stories about your own workouts or any tips for Stephanie, myself, or other listeners, feel free to send them to us through email at podcast at evpl.org. Thanks for listening, you guys. We'll see you next time at Check It Out with EVPL. (laughs) Bye. Bye.